This hour brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. It's Canuck Central, Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw. Canuck's uh, talk will continue in a little bit, but the big story in the market today, in the sports world today, Russell Wilson is no longer a Seattle Seahawk. Uh, Mike G on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Dan, you seem in good spirits considering Wilson signed off on the trade. Good riddance. <laughs> wow. Wow. You went there? You actually happy yeah, he's gone. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm happy right now. You're saying good riddance. The team riddance. is in shambles. Wow. You, you start like, off you don't the show be, be like, I don't want to. Yeah, all those go Hawks babies, get out of here. You know, Russ. You and your weird agent, like, causing all this stuff. It's not worth it. It's not worth the $50 million you were probably going to get paid on your next contract. You aren't worth it the way you've been playing lately anyways. Man, this escalated quickly. You went from being totally devastated about the trade to good riddance. All it took was 90 minutes. I'm going through the different stages of grief right now, right? Let's bring in our next guest. Uh, she was uh, on the air as uh, the story broke in uh, Seattle with Seattle Sports 710. Stacy Rost joining us. Uh, thanks for this, Stacy. Uh, what a wild day, eh? It's been really crazy. Look, it's about <laughs> Russell Wilson, not to make it about me, okay? I'm not that person. But what I will say is that did I wake up late today and sleep through my alarm? Yes. Did I put on makeup <laughs> or do my hair? No. Did I go to work and suddenly realize that I was on camera reading this news? Yes, it's very unfortunate. <laughs> and let me tell you what, it's like running into your exit target. Like, it's never when you expect to deliver news that your franchise quarterback is being traded. And so always brush your hair is my lesson for all of your listeners today. Uh, always be prepared. You, you never know. Always uh, be prepared. You never know what, what might come. Uh, you know, like, I, I know this has been rumored for so long. Uh, I guess, you know, I always just felt of it as rumors and not much yeah. more than that and then you see the tweet from Adam Schefter and you're like oh my god this is <laughs> this is really happening um how how surprised were you that the Seahawks made this decision now you know still with you know quite a bit of time before they really had to make a decision on Russell Wilson's future yeah yeah before they had to make a call it was um I did the same thing you guys probably did which was there are so many spoof accounts and there's been so many fake oh, yeah. things that you stare at it and you stare at it and you're like, okay, Adam Schefter, it's verified. I mean, he has several million followers. I think it's him. Like, <laughs> it's just, like it dawns on you very slowly. But yeah, it happened during the break, um, probably about three minutes before we came back on air and we scrapped, we were 30 minutes into our program. So we scrapped the next three and a half hours and we were like, we obviously were just talking about this. Like this mm -hmm. is the story. And it is, it is the biggest sports story I can remember uh, covering in Seattle. I mean, I know that people will say, you know, there's certainly been bigger stories unconnected to trades, but as far as a trade goes, there's this and what else, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, the news, I'm kind of on board with you guys. It was something that we had all been talking about since his comments with Dan Patrick. Mm -hmm. And uh, my impression of uh, the temperature of, you know, the relationship between Wilson and the organization was that while it was not at its most healthiest, it was better than it was. And so if you were to ask me uh, eight months ago, is Russell Wilson going to be traded? I'd be like, yes, I would bet that this is his final year in Seattle. And I am continually wondering when we're going to see this news break. 
if you were to ask me a month ago, I'd say, no, I think that that's died down. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that they're ready to run it back for just this year. I don't know if it was the tenor at the end of the season with Rashad Penny taking off and the offense functioning on all cylinders. I don't know if it was uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll um, publicly, you know, making it pretty clear as, as definitive as they get, which is not very definitive, but, but making it clear that they're set on Seattle. So so I don't know. I, I had felt that those trade talks to to me had cooled a little bit. I hadn't heard as much about it. So I was surprised that it happened when it did. Well, And that's the thing, too, right? Like, we, we were all kind of caught off guard by the timing. But I suppose if if Russ was actually told after the season, like some may believe right. that he was told, okay, you know, we are going to change. We are going to make a change. Just be quiet. Let us do our work. And that made me make mm-hmm. sense because if you go quiet, that means you probably know something's coming because we were all waiting after the season, weren't we, Stacy, to see what Russ is going to do to wiggle right. his way out. He seemed unhappy. How is he going to escalate things? Maybe the, the sign was the, the, the no escalation that things were actually going to happen this time. Yeah, I mean, right, we should have looked at it and thought, well, what if this is it? But I don't know, guys, I'm 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 going to die on this, you know, like hill and I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> that they were as set on a trade once the season ended. Mm-hmm. I think that this is something where either looking at team building, looking at the relationship as it is, uh maybe looking at the pieces that they would need, they felt that they had just enough of a push to say, "Okay, I'm going to pull the trigger." I I would be surprised if this was a decision that John Schneider and Pete Carroll were 100% set on at the close of the season. Uh, what I will say is it's certainly not out of nowhere. So we know, obviously, Adam Schefter said that the Broncos had reached out to Seattle two weeks prior. Uh, also, reportedly in the works, my co-host, Jay Keeps, uh, has some sources that said that uh, Seattle had been offered potentially some trade proposals from both Washington and Philadelphia, and that Russell Wilson has had nixed both of those. So who knows if those two teams might have offered more, uh, if those packages might have been more tempting for Seattle, but Russell Wilson did not want to go to Philadelphia nor to Washington. So at least they found a a trade partner that suits both parties. Uh, Again, who knows if that haul would have been greater. I know some people felt like Seattle kind of got the short end of the stick, but I don't know. I mean, the really nuanced and also very boring way to look at it, right, <laughs> is it's not very exciting, but it might just have been a marriage that naturally came to an end. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it, with all the turmoil and the, the the rumor mill really kicking into gear last off season, you wondered, you know, it, was this just too much? And they did have mm-hmm. to make a decision on on Wilson, right? And you saw the contract that uh, we all saw the contract that Aaron Rodgers signed earlier in the day. I mean, a mega deal to to say the least. And uh, the Seahawks are staring at an extension for Russell Wilson in the next 12 months and what that's going to cost. And yeah. it's, it's quite a bit. So you're kind of at a crossroads of, you know, let's, let's commit to this and see where it goes. And it hasn't been good enough the last couple of years, or mm-hmm. let's, let's go through a different path. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's never easy to, to take the, the futures. Like, yeah, you got a bunch of draft picks now. This, the, the whole trade really depends on what they do with those draft picks and, right. and how well they execute those picks. That's exactly right. I mean, if I'm John Schneider, I remember this um, pregame interview that John Schneider did with the Seahawks radio network. So it's a Seahawks pregame show. He's being interviewed uh, by the host, uh, Jen Mueller at the time. And she asks him, hey, are you flattered that the rest of the teams in the NFC West have kind of had to build these defenses? They have these great pass rushes because they've had to combat 
you guys, right? Russell Wilson and all right. the weapons you've had. And, and you haven't typically looked – it might be different now with Matthew Stafford and who knows what Trey Lance is, but you haven't typically looked around the rest of the NFC West and been like, it's stacked with quarterbacks the way you're looking at the AFC West right now. Um, no offense, Derek Carr, I guess you're included. But <laughs> it's the, way, the way that um, you were looking at the NFC West was like, hey, these teams – through trying to beat you, have constructed these great defenses. So that was the line of questioning. And I still remember John Schneider kind of running with it and mentioning, well, those teams have had some picks that we haven't had also. And I wonder if to him, to Pete Carroll, in a league where it is so – I mean, they try to make it impossible to win a Super Bowl. Everyone wants to point to New England and say, look at what Tom Brady did. Look at what they did. All you need to do is X, Y, and Z. No, it is so impossible. There have been so many phenomenal teams that never actually got there. Look at the Saints, right? How many times did they get close? Or how many times should they have gone and had a great season and and they just didn't have it pay off? Aaron Rodgers still has one Super Bowl to his name. So does Patrick Mahomes for that matter. So I think that in in a league that is built for parity, I would imagine that John Schneider thought this is the only way I'm going to have a chance to make that kind of roster, to make the kind of move that my NFC West counterparts have. I'm not going to be able to do it paying Russell Wilson 35, but certainly not 40 to 50 million, especially if I fear he might actually have regressed a little bit. Well, the other kind of question I have too here is this is kind of big picture with how it's going to work with Schneider and Carroll because Carroll was so involved in so many decisions, right? And right. draft picks and what direction we take. How much of that has now shifted in John Schneider's direction? How much is he in charge of everything that's going to happen from this point on? And what kind of timeline do they have in place? Yes, this is the NFL. You can turn things around pretty quickly. But right. is it, hey, we're going to load up on talent this year and then grab our quarterback next year? Or is it, we're finding our quarterback this year. I don't think they're finding their quarterback this year. You guys probably saw the photos of them talking with Matt Corral yeah. at the uh, the combine. So I'm, I, I think that that's perked a lot of ears. I know there's a lot of people that are watching to see, you know, hey, they're at number nine. Is he available? Do they take him? Um, this hasn't been uh, an especially uh, celebrated quarterback class, although um, sometimes quarterback scouting in general has its flaws. So who knows what this class will become. But uh, that said, I have been operating under the assumption for the last, I don't know, eight hours, however long ago this came out, that (laughs) this right now is building up the foundation, a la what, um, you know, L.A. has done, San Francisco has done. Getting your cornerstone tackle, your edge rusher, your outside corner, these big pieces that you would never be able to get unless you struck gold in the fourth round. Um, To to get those pieces and then get the quarterback. Uh, But that's just kind of how I feel, you know, uh, a couple hours into this trade. Uh, Who knows what we're going to hear since then, but I'd be surprised, certainly, if they went and found their quarterback via free agency or trade. I know that people float around Deshaun Watson, someone like Kirk Cousins, but at that point, I was just talking with Lindsey Rhodes, who pointed this out, and I thought it was a great point. At that point, you're just swapping in one high-cap hit quarterback for another, and it's really more an indictment on Wilson. If you go for a quarterback that you draft, like Corral, or you stick with someone like Drew Locke and then use those picks on you know, other pieces that you'd never normally get, then it makes sense for a rebuild, in which case you're looking at, I mean, ideally two seasons. But, man, I'm sure you guys have talked about it. You look at Chicago, you look at the Jets, mm-hmm. you, you look at all these other teams and you realize that it's taken some teams 10, 20 years to find that guy. So two years is optimistic in my mind. 
Yeah, the the QB wilderness is uh, is a scary place. You can get you can get lost for a while and not know where you're going to end up. And you know the free agents. I mean, there's there's Jameis Winston, there's Marcus Mariota. Like, there's not really uh, anything all that exciting from a free agent right. perspective. Maybe it's a one year stopgap or you take a chance on a guy. But you know, I do wonder if. I don't even know if Drew Locke is the guy that ends up starting come September. Right. Stacey. Do you yeah, think so? No, you're right. I think we're all no. I, I, I think I'm leaning towards Corral, just given the conversation that I'm hearing mm-hmm. uh, between uh, he and some of the other picks. Jake tends to think that Corral might be a choice uh, that he could see them making. Um, but again, if you get him and he doesn't work out, what makes you different than any other team that's just struck out on the quarterback early and, and doesn't have all the talent to build around him? Um, I, Drew Locke felt like just kind of a throw in. Again, they don't have Geno Smith under contract. So without Wilson, without Smith, they've got like Jacob Eason. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, hey, bringing someone we could have as a backup, but this certainly isn't our guy. Uh, so I'm not expecting Drew Locke to be the starter. I hope not. If we, you guys, if it's training camp and I am talking with you and they are talking about how Drew has shown us some really special stuff, remind me that I, that that is a bad idea, that that is a bad route to take. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, Stacey. Before we let you go, I do want to dig in a little bit into the legacy that Russell Wilson leaves behind in Seattle, right? I mean, if you look at it from the surface, you say two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. He was a third-round draft pick, became a franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. Of course, the legacy should be great. He's going to be universally beloved, but it's more complicated than that, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I mean, you wonder what would have happened had he never made those comments to Dan Patrick. On the flip side, like, were the comments that awful? I remember thinking I wouldn't have said it, and I remember thinking even before Russell Wilson uh, became on more of a national landscape, in part because of his marriage uh, to a celebrity, um, but I remember thinking, like, oh, there's some things he does that are exceptionally corny. <laughs> there's, there's lots of cringe factor <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Russell Wilson, like the Trader Joe's-style button-up Hawaiian shirt. Like, it was all bad. But um, you never thought, like, he wasn't talented. He couldn't be the guy. Uh, so I, I think his legacy in Seattle is one that will be recognized. And it's insane considering that we were talking about him as MVP at the beginning of 2020. But I think it's one that will be recognized in hindsight. And that sounds silly because there are other teams that, just like Denver, would trade multiple first-rounders for Russell Wilson and would say, we'd love to be in that boat complaining about how corny he is, but at least he can uh, have a beautiful deep ball. Um, but I think that in Seattle, collectively, we in Seattle, I think got a little spoiled. And there might be some fans that take umbrage with that and think that I'm generalizing. But I'm telling you guys, the feedback that I see all the time leading up to today was like a 50-50 split. 50% Russell Wilson's the guy. He's great. And 50% get this guy out of here. I'm so tired of him. He's a diva. He doesn't care about the team. Whatever. Today, it was like a 95-5 with even people who were saying that he was awful and annoying and they couldn't stand him saying, I didn't actually think they'd trade him and now I'm nervous. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the, the great unknown. It, 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 you can either be excited by it or right. frightened by it, right? It is, <laughs> right. You're either one or the other. Uh, we now look, uh, look ahead to April 28th. Uh, Stacy, really appreciate your time and your insights today. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. There is uh, Stacy Rost of Seattle Sports <laughs> 710. You know what that reminds me of? You, you know when, like, uh, 
uh, here's a relationship analogy where like love your relationship <laughs> analogies. Hey, Stacy dropped a pretty good one. It was know, a good the, one, the Target Fan- one. Yeah, you know, fantastic. Um, but you know, as far as even people like yeah, trade Russell Wilson. It's like you know, if you ever get in a situation with your girlfriend, you're like you know what, you know what, you know what? I might move on. You know, yeah. I might go and try something else. You know what, we're done. <laughs> and then it's like, wait. <laughs> the whole like getting to know somebody else yeah. do we fit or not mm-hmm. does it does this work it's very daunting and intimidating again you're like um all right grass ain't always greener <laughs> nope especially when it comes to quarterbacks yeah right like when it comes to quarterbacks i understand russell wilson's imperfect the hall fantastic right yeah. if you're trying to rebuild that's what you want to get back in return i understand but how many franchise quarterbacks have the Seahawks have have had in their history? And just because they found one in Russell Wilson doesn't mean they'll find one again as quickly. Like it's the hardest thing to find in the NFL is a yeah. franchise quarterback. You can have all the picks in the world. The Browns have picks for two decades. Yep. And look at them still. Well, the Miami Dolphins, you know, uh, they went into a massive rebuild, collected all of the picks. How many of those picks have they actually hit on? You know, not enough. Yeah. And they still ended up with a decent team, but how do you get over the hump? At the end of the day, you still need that quarterback. I think this is, look, the optimistic view of it is a bet on the program, right? That Pete Carroll and John Schneider have built for so many years and that they'll figure it out. They'll set the standard again, set the culture, and go from there. It's not too dissimilar from the route the Patriots have taken in the last couple of years in the wake of Tom Brady leaving, you know, get back to the fundamentals of football, ground and pound, good in the trenches, good on defense. We'll have a game manager quarterback and we'll be able to grind out wins that way. But Jones showed something. Mac Jones showed something. They landed Jones middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Right, ended up falling all the way down to the Patriots, and then Mac Jones did show a lot in this last season. So, you know, is it going to be as uh, as clean a uh, reset for the Seattle Seahawks? I doubt it. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I see the Seahawks doing from here is committing to getting back on the line of scrimmage, being good in that area, being solid on defense, setting that identity again. Ground and pound, baby, and then have a game manager type quarterback that can make some of the throws, not all of them, but he sets a standard, and that's what you're looking for, and that's that's what you're you're essentially betting on mm-hmm. with Pete Carroll and committing to Pete Carroll and John Schneider instead of Russell Wilson. And hey, I understand moving off from Russ if you had to. But still good luck with that to some degree. The one difference between the Patriots, and I will say Belichick, as good as Pete is, I think Belichick's in a different class. And what the Patriots have done is still more superior than what the Hawks have done. Yeah. But just also from from pure flexibility cap-wise and also players, the Patriots had more to work with. They had a bunch of guys who opted out that came back. They were mm-hmm. really good players too. And they had a bunch of draft picks. They had a ton of cap space. They were really able to load up in a big way. And, and it hit on Mac Jones, right, with him in the first round. This is going to take at least two years. Oh, at least. At least, right? It's going to be ugly. And then the question is, how much patience is there really going to be after two or three years, right? I mean, we've seen this in the NFL before where teams say, hey, we're going to take two or three years. 
And by year two, you don't so show signs, the impatience starts to kind of show, right? I mean, it's as much as, yes, this is now Pete and John Schneider's team, it's also their last chance. Yeah. Oh, Pete's getting up there in age anyway. Yeah. Right? This is his his one last great hurrah as uh, as they try to get the Seahawks back on track. I will say, you know, like, okay, I'm not <laughs> – Life without Russell Wilson is not going to be easy. That is not the argument I'm about mm. to make. No, you might be. But we cannot forget that Russell Wilson was not great the last year and a half. Sure. Okay, I know his touchdown to interception ratio still looks fine, but a lot of that was built on garbage time towards the end of the season when the Seahawks offense kind of <laughs> figured it out for a couple of weeks. But they had Rashad Penny going. Wilson started making some throws again. Whatever. It happened. But there's pretty much a season and a half where Russ didn't play all that well. Mm -hmm. Where his legs showed that they weren't really what they used to be. He couldn't evade the rush as well as he used to be able to. And so, you know, when you're faced with, we're going to have to pay this guy 50 million bucks, and what's that going to do to the rest of our roster? How do we rebuild the offensive line and pay this guy 50 million bucks on a shoestring budget around the salary cap. Can you do both things? And I think there's there's a re- legitimate concern there for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't disagree, but here's the other side of it though. How much is that their own doing yes. with not being able to build up the offensive line? With well, not, we're not hitting enough draft picks. Making terrible plays like, you know, going back to Jimmy Graham and the yeah. Jamal Adams trade, like, huge so, misses. You're right. I mean, you're in a position where maybe you had to make this move, but are you in a position where you feel confident that these guys are going to make the right moves Yeah, to put them over the top? Like, a lot of these issues you point out, yes. Not entirely. It's, it's, a lot of, a lot of it is on Russ, but a lot of it's not. Like, the offensive yeah. line, the rest of the team being capped out too, right? Not hitting on your draft picks. Well, you find yourself in a position where you weren't able to maximize Russell Wilson as a franchise quarterback. And yeah, maybe he's not the same guy he was anymore, but what about you as an organization not being able to get back to that other Super Bowl with him? Yeah. With you not being able to have that playoff success again, right? I mean, that also falls, it's not just on Russ. I think that also speaks a lot to what Pete and John failed to do, especially the last couple of years. And hey, I understand keeping them. I'm not even making the case to get rid of them. But if we're being honest about where they're at, a lot of it falls on their shoulders too. So we know the Broncos uh, have quite the weapons uh, from a Broncos perspective sat last thought on this and we'll get back to Canucks. I get the Seahawks side of it from the Broncos perspective. You pay all this haul to get Russell Wilson, the quarterback you've so desperately needed. Haven't been able to find a quarterback through the draft. The Peyton Manning era is long gone. Yeah. <laughs> And you still have been in the QB wilderness ever since. How do you feel about the Broncos now, though? In that AFC West, are they still the third best team? Or do you see them better than... I mean, the Raiders were were a playoff team ahead of the Chargers. But, you know, there's still Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in that division. So you can really make the argument that Russell Wilson is the third best quarterback now in the AFC West. Yeah, I don't I I think it's very clear he's the third best quarterback, which just shows you how good the quarterbacks are. Yes. Uh in that division. 
I, I think it's interesting because I like a lot of the offensive weapons they have, like Cortland Sutton, you know, Jerry Judy, KJ Hambler, I think can be a really interesting fit. I'm a big Javante Williams fan. They're a young running back, right? But, and they have some decent pieces on the O line, but at the same time, yeah. I, I'm I'm very much unsure about the direction of that Broncos team in general, how their defense might be trending a bit, and just the overall situation with potentially the, the team being sold as well and how that's kind of imp, imp, impacting everything going on. I don't know. I, I see a lot of uh, red flags with the Broncos situation. As much as the offense, in theory, some of the weapons, and, and Russell Wilson, I'm super intrigued to watch. Like I'm excited to see how he plays with guys like Judy and K.J. Hambler or Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick came up, yeah. played well this past year. I think they're, they're Really exciting receiving weapons, and they have other guys there too that are interesting. But I don't know, I see too many red flags in that situation. Will he be able to throw over the middle of the field finally? That's also a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, as uh, Gordlock uh, mentions on Twitter to us, uh, Ian Rappaport just saying that Russell Wilson only wanted to go to the Denver Broncos. So the Seahawks still got a pretty good haul, even though Russ really only wanted one team. Yeah. Might make you think a little bit better of the trade from a Seahawks perspective. It's all about what they do with that ninth overall pick, though. It's Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah, back in on the Canucks. Lena Satagian of OT is going to join us next on Canucks Central.